Welcome to this episode of Grazia Life Advice. I'm Rhiannon Evans and this time we're with the author of 2022's most Instagrammable book. Hi, I'm Roxina Fusi. I am a self-development coach and author of Manifest, Seven Steps to Living Your Best Life and Manifest, Dive Deeper. And I am this week's Grazia's Life Advice podcast guest. Coming up, Roxy shares the importance of learning to say no when you need to. Oh God, how can I get out of going to dinner with this person? Or how can I get out of doing this job that I actually know causes me so much anxiety and is making me so stressed? We chat dating, romance, and one of the easiest ways we can stop ourselves from getting hurt. We would save ourselves so much heartache if we actually just trusted that when someone says they're not looking to commit, they meant it. And Roxy opens up about her addiction and depression and how it first brought her to manifesting. I'd really like never known happiness ever. And then in my 20s, early, my very early 20s, kind of, kind of straight out of school, I found cocaine and alcohol and cigarettes and that was an escape for me. And very quickly became addicted and was in that battle for like 10 years. If you feel like you've seen people talking about manifesting everywhere and want to know more, this episode is a real insight to what it's all about, especially if you're totally new to the idea. Roxy was so lovely to speak to and her six piece of advice are brilliant. I hope you enjoy the episode. Hi Roxy, how are you today? I'm good, thank you, how are you? Yeah, I'm good, I'm good. I'm excited to talk to you. Manifest, your first book, was one of the biggest books of the year. I mean, you think about when you open your Instagram feed, that book just seemed to be everywhere, you know, friends, family, but also celebrities. So they might not put the two and two together, but they will have seen your your bright orange cover of a book somewhere. If people wanted to know more, can you explain a little bit about what Manifest is about? Yeah. So thank you, by the way, and I'm so excited to be here. Well, manifestation is using the power of your mind to change and create the reality you experience. And for me, it really is a self-development practice. And it's one that transformed my own life sort of really beyond recognition. And when I started learning about manifesting, I realized there was kind of so many misconceptions around it. There was so much information. It was so confusing. Mm. Um, But really, it was this really kind of meaningful practice that was rooted in like philosophy and science. And I felt like I was able to understand it in a really kind of instinctive way. And I wanted to share what I was learning with as many people as I could. So I came up with these seven steps to manifesting. And for me, that was a way that I could explain everything you needed to know in a really simple and digestible and accessible way. And I started teaching it at workshops and realizing that it was working not just for me, but for other people. And then I decided to turn it into a book. Mm. And yeah, here we are. I definitely could never have predicted it would reach this far. <laughs> yeah. I mean, were you surprised by the kind of celebrity status almost that book had? It seemed to be everywhere in every celebrity's hands. I think we had Bella Hadid, like carrying it around. Did that surprise you? I mean, yeah. It, you know, I, I, you can't ever really predict I really wanted it to do well but you can't ever really predict that it will become such a thing I don't know but I definitely think its cover was a lot to do with that as well it just looks good (laughs) and you know I love the look of it Um, and I'm really excited about the new one manifest I deeper and I can't wait to see people wearing that one as well but yeah it, it definitely honestly anyone it doesn't matter celebrity or not seeing people tag it and use it in their like fashion pose or interiors pose or just 
write about how it's changed their lives is all it all means just as much and can we talk about the new book because obviously your first book was these seven steps and it was quite clear it was like these are the seven steps manifest dive deeper where have you taken it with your second book so I would say that basically the two books really reflect my own personal journey and my own personal manifesting Mm -hmm. journey so manifest seven steps the orange book I feel like I'm going to start with referring them as the orange book and the blue book but the orange book is really like the entry to manifesting for a lot of people it was like the gateway even to self-development they may have not even been invested in that kind of work or like inner work before so it was very much everything you need to know really simple yeah like the entry to it just as it was for me and then you start making changes but Manifesting Dive Deeper definitely reflects where I then went, which was much more on this inward journey. I think of it like this, you know, when people often say to me, oh, I like was really motivated. I started making all these changes and then like I gave up or I didn't, I couldn't make it last. And I think that's because often we're looking at all this kind of things that we're doing on the outside without really understanding that true transformation happens with inner healing. You know, we have to look at who we are and our behavioral patterns and our patterns of thinking and heal and change those to really make the change lasting. And so, you know, I did that myself. I really went on this journey inwards and have transformed who I am. And when we transform who we are, we obviously then transform what we attract into our lives, what we are able to manifest. And so this book, is about really like cementing that change and unlocking more abundance and more empowerment and more love into our lives. So I, I really like that's the gateway book. This is a book that I think requires you to become and teaches you how to become your own healer, your own therapist. I, I really and it's filled with exercises for you to do that. So yeah, I love it. I can't do it justice. But I think it's good. <laughs> Brilliant. And I feel a bit mean because obviously in your book manifest, you gave kind of these seven stages to really turning your life around. And instead, we've asked you for an extra six pieces of advice, but we are going to go through them. Um, And your first piece of advice is to learn to say no. I mean, we could all do with a bit of that. Tell me about that and how that works around in your life and where that came from. So this is something I actually talk about in the new book, because I think that for a lot of us, and especially like a lot of people that I speak to as well, there is this recurring issue where we find ourselves in these tricky positions where we're trying to get out, make excuses to not do something that we've already said yes to doing. Okay, so I, 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 I would always find myself, for example, being like, oh God, how can I get out of going to dinner with this person? Or how can I get out of doing this job that I actually know causes me so much anxiety and is making me so stressed? Or how can I get out of being this person's therapist today, like a friend, when I'm actually so mentally drained myself that I don't have the energy for this? And if we just like learned to say no at the beginning, at the moment when we were asked these things, we would actually save ourselves so much stress and so much time and so much like anxiety if we did that but we don't and then I started to explore like why do we not why are we so why is saying no so difficult for us and I think it really is because it's so we're so desperate to be liked by people and to please others and for external validation 
that saying no is so triggering and it feels like, okay, well, if I say no, will that mean that we are then rejected or that someone will think less of us or will mm. we be judged? And so learning to say no is actually all about self-worth. It's about knowing that you are worth saying, like it's worth, you are worthy enough to say no. Like I am worthy enough to say yeah. no, that isn't right for me. And that's okay. And that can be enough of a reason that we don't need to come up with a million excuses, but just to know that that isn't, that isn't the right thing for me. And I think that also, you know, our time and energy is limited. Like we don't have an endless supply of it and we need to save it for what is right. And I think, you know, as more and more of us are like burnt out and exhausted, this is a really important one. So I feel like it could be a very 2023 like learnings, like get into the practice of saying no. And to do it, we need to, we, we do need to practice. And you need to start saying no to things, knowing it's gonna feel really uncomfortable at first. But then what you'll probably recognize is that you say no and nobody cares that much. And I think, you know, you always have that gut feeling, right? Like I rarely have said yes to something thinking I'm gonna absolutely love it. And then when it comes to it, no, I can't, fan don't fancy it. It's always, you know, even when you're accepting it, you're thinking, oh, future me, future me is not going to be up for this. I already know that. Let's move on to your second piece of advice. Can you explain what it is, please? So my second piece of advice is about dating. So like the early stages of mm. dating. And the advice is, listen to what they're telling you. Because... <laughs> We would save ourselves so much heartache if we actually just trusted that when someone says they're not looking to commit, they meant it. Mm. Dating is such a kind of, it's a like my field, okay, for, and mm. for our triggers, for our traumas, for our pain, for our low self-worth, for our insecurities. And so we become so clouded with those things and with our ego's desire to feel wanted, that we just ignore right. all the red flags and all the things that people mm -hmm. show us really early on about what they want, who they are, and how compatible they really will be with you. And mm -hmm. I think one thing that I've definitely learned, I would say as I've got older and just, you know, within the kind of work that I do is being much quicker to not try and build fantasies around dating and actually take people at, yeah. at face value and at what they say and, and and not taking that personally either it's not like the kind of the thing with dating is we take everything very personally don't we but it's not personal mm -hmm. and i think if someone's saying to you look i'm not looking for a committed relationship or i'm afraid of commitment or you know i'm about to move country next month fyi you know, not then trying to like think, oh, well, maybe, you know, I'm going to convince them to stay in the next four weeks or, yeah, they say they're not yeah. committed, but just, you know, we do that. We kind of think that we'll change their minds, but that's not really our job to change people's minds. Like, obviously, there are exceptions to this. I get that when it's love at first sight and it's just like undeniable and there's no mm -hmm. game playing and it's just there. Great. Like there are definitely those exceptions. But when you, it becomes this kind of like tug and you're trying to work out what they're thinking, they probably told you. So just trust that. Yeah, I love that. Yeah, don't try and work out what they're thinking. Listen to what they're actually saying. Like, 
so often it's like reading between the lines and I think people miss sometimes what is actually in front of their face. You're so right. It actually feeds into your third piece of advice, which is to take responsibility. Is that how you meant it or what what were you thinking when you put that down? So taking responsibility is really just like... I feel like the if I if one thing changed my life, it was taking responsibility for it. Okay. It was making the decision that if I was going to be happy, that was going to be on me. And mm-hmm. I had spent so much of my life in victim mentality and glass half empty and I was that was just how I'd always lived, like in a, with depression and self loathing and I just assumed that that was just who I was. Mm-hmm. And then I realized that the power was within me to change and that I was responsible for it. And taking responsibility for everything in your life, I think is important. Like, especially like the relationships that we have, Mm. right? For taking responsibility for our part in them and how we show up in them and what what is our own baggage is really important. So it's important to like take responsibility for your life overall but I think it's also especially important within your relationships to take responsibility for what is yours and that's not just romantic relationships that's also in friendships with you know with work and and having that self-awareness to to do that that's how you grow when you say you that was kind of a moment for you can you talk a bit about for people who don't know like how you came to that place because you know you did you did you weren't born knowing about manifesting how did you come to that place where that that was your transition? I'd really like never known happiness ever. And then in my 20s, my very early 20s, kind of of straight out of school, I found cocaine and alcohol and cigarettes and that was an escape for me. And I very quickly became addicted and was in that battle for like 10 years, just under. After many, many rock bottoms, Mm -hmm. I had reached, it was May 2018, and I just thought like there's no hope for me. Like, I'm always just, this is my life. And I just felt so, yeah, hopeless, that real hopelessness, which I think I'm sure people listening will have experienced before. And my friend said to me, you should listen to this podcast on manifesting. Mm. And in this podcast, what the one kind of really key takeaway that, that I heard was that we manifest from our subconscious beliefs about what we deserve and that everything was about self-worth. So we manifest what we believe we're worthy of. Okay. So I was like, ah, oh, okay. I have no self-worth. So obviously I am manifesting in the wrong fucking direction. Yeah. And so I was like, okay, I'm going to change it. I'm going to work on myself and my self-worth and that's going to be the key. And that was kind of, I suppose that was my moment of real realization that no one was going to do it for me and that I had to just do it basically. But I'll also say that another really key ingredient to this was reading this book, Feel the Fear and Do It Anyway by Susan Jeffers, mm-hmm. which is a great book. And I, I, my takeaway from it, isn't it weird how you can read a whole book and like you only have like a few key takeaways, but it just changes your life. Mm. But for me, it wasn't so much about the fear and taking risks, which the title suggests. It was about taking responsibility. Yeah, And that was when, when I was like, oh, yeah that's what it is and I'm being such a victim and enough and sometimes it is just being like enough yeah like let's just fucking pull this shit together (laughs) so yeah so it changed your life around and then then you decided to start building on that as your career and, and passing that on yeah I think that 
I've always had an affinity to help others, you know, and to give advice and and, and a general interest in self-development. And I would look at people like Brené Brown and Tony Robbins, and I was so inspired by them and that how they would motivate and inspire people. And so when I actually kind of started to think about how could I actually form a career for myself, I started with workshops and self-development workshops. We'll be back with more from Roxy after this. Hi, I'm still here with Roxy and we've got lots more advice to come for you. So Roxy, your fourth piece of advice is to be vulnerable. How does that manifest, for want of a better word, in your life and and how did you come to do that? So I used to think that I was, I thought I was really vulnerable always because Mm. I am really open about my experiences. So I've always been open, especially you know, when I was suffering from depression through my through my whole like early stages of my career, which was really not that long ago, but you know, I was really on this journey with my small community that was growing and I was very open about everything I was experiencing, my struggles. And so I thought that I, that meant I was really vulnerable. And then I realized that that is not vulnerability because for, that's actually, I mean, it's something, but it's not true vulnerability because it's still controlled. Like I'm still deciding when I do that. So, but vulnerability is about really allowing yourself to be like completely seen by someone else for all that you are and also be willing to face rejection. For me, that's what it is. It's about being able Mm -hmm. to be like, okay, this is who I am. And, and basically like, will you love me for who I am and, and and open yourself up to that kind of question really and and know that you may get rejected and I think I resisted being vulnerable for so long with everybody I would always push people away actually it's another thing I do talk about in the in the new book how I would push people away like even friends like if they got too close I would like distance myself because I was so afraid of being abandoned again or rejected again. And I was so damaged internally that I just felt that nobody would like me or love me if they got too close to me. Like if they knew me, they would just hate me or they would run from me for, for, for no re- for, for a reason I couldn't explain, but that there must be something repulsive about me, right? And I couldn't form like very deep, connections because I was I was in this pattern and so it really took me some time and really difficult practice to be able to stay close and that what was that like almost tipping point when I would want to so if I would feel like I was getting really close to someone my tendency would be want to like absolutely run and I had to very much practice Mm. not running but staying and and allowing myself to be vulnerable and being okay with the fact that they may go but they may not and only in in doing so was I able to really experience like deep and meaningful connections and allow myself to feel loved um and Mm. yeah it's been big for me and I think yeah it's hard to be vulnerable but it's definitely worth it it's the initial hurdle as you say like yeah doing it and then because I guess sometimes it doesn't pay off and then you have to say well no it's yeah. worth still trying to. it is and I think that's why it's almost for me it's really important to always think about before I do anything so 
let's say, let's say for an example, if you were to have a fight with a friend, okay, and you wanted to, you really wanted to message them to say like, I'm sorry, I really love you. That's actually quite a vulnerable thing to do. Okay, because you have, you're coming to them with like, you know, asking for forgiveness or making the first move or whatever it is. And that's a vulnerable thing to do. And in order to do that, I think you also want to be simultaneously going in your head before. If they don't reply in the way that I hope, that's okay. I'm not doing this expecting a response. You can hope for one and like, and open Mm -hmm. yourself up to it. But it's not going well if they don't reply like that. I wish I hadn't done it because actually it's really great that you did that. And that's teaching you to be vulnerable. So your fifth piece of advice, and you know, it's quite far down the list, Roxy. Your fifth piece of advice is to learn to manifest. Okay, it was going to be, I was going to be buy my fucking book. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) And I thought that's too bold. Too strong. I've said it now. Yeah, I mean, look, if you know, there'll be a lot of people listening. They'll be cynical. They'll be thinking, not sure it's for me. Not sure it works. I mean, you talk a lot in when you talk about the book you talk a lot about science too so just tell me I guess maybe can we approach it from that way if someone's cynical and they're thinking no I'm not going to learn to manifest not for me okay so definitely there are so many cynics out there and I totally Mm. get it and I get why as well because there are so many misconceptions there's so much misinformation Mm. and the cynics will probably be thinking one of three things they're either thinking that it is all about thinking and visualizing what you want and then they'll be saying that is bullshit I, you need to work for things that you want and all I'm saying is yeah absolutely step three align your behavior you do need to work this is not a passive experience it's not mm-hmm. about thinking waiting wishing it's not even just about a positive mindset you can't think your way to anything this is a self-development practice that is rooted in not only self-worth, but in persisting through challenges, taking risks, taking action, showing up as your future self would. It's not just about visualization. That is step one is be clear in your vision. And honestly, it's the shortest step of my whole seven steps. The other thing that they think is that it's uh, magical or whimsical or it's about luck. It's not. You can't manifest winning the lottery. You can't manifest anything that's really outside of your control. It's actually when you lay the seven steps out, it's so fucking obvious. It's like obviously it works. Obviously, this is going to change your life because how could it not? If you are doing all these things such as getting clear on your goals working on your insecurities and removing self-doubt taking action persisting through challenges like i said embracing gratitude turning envy into inspiration trusting there's no way you can do all those things and it not work so Mm. and that's not magic it feels magical it's not magic it's just you becoming so empowered that you make things happen well i think you did an excellent job there i don't know if i've got any follow-ups you know (laughs) Can I ask about your sixth piece of advice? Wait before responding. What does that mean? How And how does that work for you? Okay, this is one I'm definitely still working on. Mm. I am an Iraqi. I'm a Leo. I've got like fire rising, fire moon. I am a very reactive, passionate person. Mm. And I am much less reactive than I was but I'm still always working on it. I'm not responding the minute something happens. So the minute I get an email or the minute I get a text from someone or whatever, I feel like I'm so, 
I am, I've been so accustomed to being like impulsive with my responses mm -hmm. and I'm much more measured now. I'm much more considered, but there are still times where I'll absolutely just like, I don't know, just, just reply like in ways that I later <laughs> think oh, for fuck's sake, Roxy, I wish you just waited a few hours or read it properly or waited till tomorrow or something. And so, I feel like it's advice that I want to give to other people, but mostly to myself, which is just to like mm -hmm. take a breath, take a second and not always feel the need to respond so quickly. I think it's also not helped by the fact that like all of the people listening, I'm sure the, my phone is never not going off. And so I feel mm -hmm. like I'm constantly replying to everybody on the go. And that kind of encourages that quick response behavior because mm. I feel like oh god if, if I leave my inbox then it's going to be double by tonight and then I need to be with war or do you know what I mean so it's that nature that we're in now with our phones where every just accessible all the time mm. and it's kind of non-stop so it doesn't help but I'm trying to be like okay I don't need to reply to everything straight away it's hard to beat your nature isn't it though because I think some people are that way and sometimes you know, and my husband is very different. He can't understand sometimes why it just comes on me so hot all of a sudden. And then five minutes later, it's like, okay. And you just wish you could learn that lesson. Do you think that there are things that you are unable to overcome? Are there some traits which are just too difficult to rewire? Um, do you know, I think we can, I think we can make adjustments to anything. But I do, mm. I do kind of agree with you in some sense, just in that, like, I would say that, something that's been helpful for me is just being a bit compassionate with myself rather than trying to like really resist mm. that part of myself be like okay I do know that that's how I am like I kind of and that's very recent I would say in like the last week I've been having conversations <laughs> with Wade where I'm like okay cool like this is this is a part of me and actually being able to be at peace with that in some ways and come to terms with it is actually quite nice and helpful but obviously I'm still willing to like work on it and and get better practice at it not that I'm gonna yeah. suddenly be like zen forever but better I can be so jealous of zen people I think god that is just <laughs> that must be a great way to live um, we always like to finish on a worst piece of advice, one that you've taken or not taken and where it's led you. And um, Tell me yours. Okay, mine is when people tell me that I should lower my standards. So I've been single for a long time. I remember someone going, well, yeah, maybe you just need to lower your standards, which I just think is so fucking rude. Like, And I hear people say it to other women all the time. I'm like, Actually, it's such a, such a mean thing to say. Yeah. And I know it's probably maybe meant in like I don't know maybe it's meant kindly but I don't think we should be telling each other to lower our standards like we should have standards we should have high standards for ourselves and we should not be willing to accept less than we deserve um and I think there's a difference like if somebody's standards are or when it comes to dating are all about I want someone that's six foot five and you know, ripped eight pack and all of that, then I would say change your standards right. because maybe that is not the thing that's going to bring you like unconditional love and respect and support. But I think to lower your standards is a very, is a very different thing. And I don't think 
anybody should be lowering their standards. Yeah, I think you touched on it then, but men don't get told to lower their standards a lot, do they? No. no. <laughs> I wonder why that exactly. is. Exactly. Yeah, I, love, I love the idea of changing your standards and not lowering your standards. That's great. Yeah. Great. Thank you, Roxy. I've absolutely loved talking to you. Thank you so Aww. much. And as you say, both your books are out now. Thank you for joining us. Thank you so much. Thanks for joining us for another great episode of Grazia Life Advice. It was great to spend time with Roxy. Please share and recommend the episode. And I know it's a cheeky ask, but I'll keep asking. If you've enjoyed the show, we would love you to leave us a five-star review on Apple Podcasts. Next time, we are joined by the designer and great British sewing bee judge, Esme Young. I did some work for Cher. She was in London making wow. a record. She's a really, really nice woman. Yeah. And... About a year later, her assistant rang me up and she said, would I make something for Cher? And I went, oh, I'm too busy. <laughs> it was my birthday as well. And I, I didn't say that. I said, I'm, oh, I'm too busy and blah, blah. Mm. And I thought afterwards, I thought, for God's sake, <laughs> that's the only thing I've ever said no to. I'm really looking forward to sharing that one with you. So for now, take care and see you next time.